is time. Break is ready. Let's go. I am your host, Chris DeBacker, and joining me are two gentlemen that I am very thankful for. As a matter of fact, the first one actually reminds me of a piece of pumpkin pie on Thanksgiving. A lot of people will tell you he is the best part of their day, but then there are those few people that think he is just gross and try to ignore him. But either way, he is a classic, a true icon, and I have it on good authority that he goes great with a little dollop of whipped cream on top. It's Scott Blakemore. And also with us in studio today is a guy that is a lot like a piece of dental floss. He is thin, he is white, he is strong, and even though he may get a little bloody once in a while, ladies, he is very easy to wrap around your finger. It is my guy, Joe Crupper. Uh, you, you a good flosser, Joe? You know, I do floss daily. You, you floss daily? I floss daily. No wonder you've got the ladies running to you <laughs> daily. That does not surprise me. You're, do you floss daily? No. No. Not every day. I don't even, as needed be, as needed basis. <laughs> Before you go to the dentist. No, I do floss every day. I think it's good for you. It's, it's good to keep your teeth clean, right? You are so good. You are In, in so many ways, you are so I think, good. I think because when the dentist would ask me, do you floss? I'm like, eh, you know, I flossed this morning. <laughs> right. I just you got can, tired of doing that. You have to be totally honest. Right. And, yeah. I, I can't lie. Well, Easily. Good, good for you, Joe. Good for you. You are the all-American boy. Our email address is breakisready at gmail.com. Breakisready at gmail.com. We'd love to get comments, questions, thoughts. Send us those thoughts. We'd love to read them. There is one thing I want to share real quick. We have been getting some questions regarding the show. How much do we prep, you know, our relationship with each other, how we know each other, some of the... Um, behind the scenes work that we do to do the show. And so next week, I think we'll do a segment that will have some of the behind the scenes, how we prep, how we prepare for the show, answer a lot of those questions. We'll do that next week. So stay tuned next week. It'll be a fun show. Little mailbag. Little mailbag. Yeah. I like that. Okay. I think that'll be cool. I'm looking forward to that myself. Right. Cause you're curious how we do prep for the show, right, Joe? You're wondering <laughs> what do you guys do to prepare? I mean, I don't do anything. So it's pretty easy. No. You just bring your big brain. And I'm curious as to hear about how you guys met me and how, what you guys think of that. So it'll be interesting. Jury's still out on that one, Joe. <laughs> yeah, We're yeah. still trying to figure it out. Well, let's jump in today's word of the day. Are you guys ready for this? Today's word is exigent. Exigent. E-X-I-G-E-N-T. Any ideas? It means something's awesome. Like it's a step above excellent. Like it's just Exigent. Yeah, you're, you're, you're on the edge there. Mm-hmm. No idea. Okay. Well, it's a word that describes things that need to be dealt with immediately, as well as people who expect significant time, attention from other people. As an example, he struggled to satisfy the needs of his exigent client. But exigent is today's word, and I, would look, I look forward to hearing that word used significantly today. Boy, that, I don't know how, but you, you guys did, can do you, it. You I challenge us. I, I like that, Joe. So there you go. Well, 60 years ago this week, there was a momentous event, and that was John F. Kennedy's assassination, Dallas, Texas. That happened 60 years ago, November 22nd, I believe, is when it happened. That was something that I was, wasn't born yet, but it's something that's captiva- captivated me my whole life. I just really, for some reason, uh, I don't know if it was the video, the Zapruder video, you know, mm-hmm. the only video that came out that shows really pretty graphically what happened. Um, and I just fascinated with the whole thing and I've watched documentaries and just, I think it's one of those great still unsolved mysteries, even though 
we're told that it's a solved mystery. It sure seems like there's a lot of different opinions on what happened that day. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I haven't really paid too much, too much attention to that. I've seen videos and I've seen a couple of shows here and there over the years of, you know, qu- things being questioned and theories behind that. I do find it kind of interesting, though. My parents' generation, they remember the day vividly. I mean, where they were, just like we remember when Challenger exploded and we remember when other things that have happened, 9-11, we've talked about that before. But our parents' generation, you know, tend to remember that day very vividly. Couldn't believe he had been assassinated. You look at it now and think he's in an open air limousine. There's so many things that you look at, we don't, don't even do it today. And all the, social, all the secret service that is, you know, around the president. But to lose a president was pretty pretty significant for the country. That's always significant for the country. Yeah, and I think you look at the context of that time and what was happening in Cuba, mm-hmm. and just the, everybody was on edge, mm-hmm. you know, with this whole, the missiles and are we going to go to war? And then to see Kennedy shot, the, the reactions you see from, seemed to be young people. And they, of course, there were some older folks too, but they were just crying, mm-hmm. just sobbing uncontrollably. And I think just the fear of what was going to happen next was just more than they could take. He was well-liked. Yeah, and the, the thing that I think of, too, with that, and, you know, besides seeing Kennedy shot, is seeing Jackie trying to crawl out of the back of his limousine. Right. Yeah. And it just, it was as real a reaction as you could get. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, I, you know, she just wanted to get away Terrifying. from what was happening. Yeah, right? And just Yeah, unbelievable. And yeah. then interestingly, for those people who might not know, Kennedy's limousine is actually in a museum here in Michigan, about right. an hour away from our studio here in the Henry Ford Museum. Yeah. The actual limousine, which is a pretty cool, again, iconic piece of history. Yeah, that is a cool thing to see when you walk in there, right at the front there, I think. Well, it's one of those things where I'm not sure that our government killed him, but I'm not sure they didn't. You know, a lot of mystery, a lot of... Mm-hmm. Uh, Lee Harvey Oswald was killed two days after they arrested him, and that just makes you wonder. Well, you we do have, as Chris mentioned in the intro... Thanksgiving coming up, and we can't talk about Thanksgiving without talking about stuffing, right? Are you guys stuffing guys? I love stuffing, especially with lots of gravy on it. Lots oh, of gravy so on good. stuffing. Yep. National Stuffing Day is coming up. What makes stuffing so good? I mean, what is stuffing? Do you know? Yeah, it's like cornbread and other things that are typically stuffed into the bird, the turkey, as it cooks, right? And so it comes out moist and maybe a little crunchy and mostly moist and throw some gravy on it. I also like, you know, Outside the turkey stuffing, which is more crunchy, more bread. So you're an in the turkey stuffing guy? I mean, I don't do it, but I eat my mom's. Yeah, they're, yeah. it's really good. I didn't know cornbread was... Isn't there. it cornbread? Like, or bread? Bread Just crumbs, bread, maybe. Bread, bread. I should yeah, have said like bread crumbs. Chunks of bread. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what you I know. Meant. You know what they actually put in... There's some people put in stuffing? Are the giblets? Oh, yeah. Oh, yep, yep. I think... The, you know, they're taking all the nasty crap. Yeah, the, it's gross. The heart, the liver, the... I think the neck. The neck. I think you're right. The gizzard. Yeah. And you just kind of chop that up and you throw it in the stuffing. Yeah. I'm not sure why. I think it just makes it taste good, even though if you think about it, it's not very good. Yeah, until you get that one little grizzly piece. <laughs> and that's where all that extra gravy just helps wash it down, right? Man. I don't know why you would take something as good as like you said. You got this nice crispy little breaded piece and a little bit of celery and these great spices. And then you throw a turkey neck in there. I, I don't know why you would do that. <laughs> I mean, it's better than eating the turkey neck by itself, I right? I guess. I guess. If you don't see it, you don't necessarily know what you're eating, but it's there. So it's National Stuffing Day with all the herbs and seasonings mm. that are in it, which make it great sage, thyme, some other seasonings, right? What can happen sometimes, though, is that you get done eating it and, you know, you go to the bathroom and you look in the mirror and you have 
herbs and things in your teeth, <laughs> right? I wondered where you were going you, with you know, that. You can, you, can, you can see that. That's so, true. You know, so why not also have National Flossing Day? So we have floss. You just get the floss out. You get a toothpick. You pick it all out. You know, you, now they have those little green utensils that have the floss and the little pick together, which are a great invention. You can get those out and get the stuff out of your teeth. I got to be honest. If, you know, a moment of confession here. I'm not a flosser. Is that why you have an herb stuck in your mm-hmm. teeth for the last right. nine you months? You can tell I eat stuffing, but I'm, you know, I will floss. I, I flossed this morning. <laughs> you I was, did? Fe- I was wow. feeling convicted. I needed to <laughs> floss this morning. Um, so yeah, I Good will do you. that and I'll do it occasionally, yeah. but I'm not, you know, I'm not religious. Well, when you, when you floss, right, you keep your teeth clean. So it's nice when you open your mouth. It's also world hello day. You, you wouldn't want to have a bunch of stuff in your mouth when you're talking to people and saying hello. So it's world hello day. <laughs> Little history on world hello day started in 1973 out of the Yom Kippur war. Two Americans thought it would be helpful if we learned to just say hello to each other. They were hoping to spread the concept that communication helps resolve conflict. And so they were wanting to just show that Arabs and Jews could talk to each other and hopefully create peace through communicating. So they created World Hello Day. 31 Nobel Peace Prize recipients have basically endorsed or said how much they think World Hello Day is. And so to celebrate World Hello Day... All you really need to do, say hello to people. I think in the Midwest, we tend to be pretty friendly. If you go to the South, they're pretty friendly for the most part. Go to the East Coast, not mm-hmm. so friendly. Right. You got people you with know. their heads down, don't even want to pay attention to what's going on. Yeah. Right. Just say hello to people. Be friendly. Now, you you said this happened or started in Israel. Is that 19, right? Well, Ameri- two, Ameri- two Americans started it out of the Yom out of Kippur. That, okay. Yeah. Do you know how you say hello in Hebrew? Is it shalom? Shalom. 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 There you go. There it is. Right. How about in... Uh, Let's see here. How about an Arabic? Not uh, so quick. Not so quick now, Joe. <laughs> I don't huh? know that one. <laughs> Everybody knows it's Assalam alaikum. Oh yeah, exactly. Obviously. Kazuntai. Let's see how let's see how many more ways, Joe, you can say hello. Okay. All hello. Right? How about uh, tell me what language this is? Bonjour. Oh, that's uh French. That's French. Okay. Hola. Hawaiian. Not Hawaiian. <laughs> <laughs> Spanish. That would be Spanish. That's right. <laughs> I thought you said aloha. Oh, well. Uh, that makes sense. That makes mm-hmm. sense. How about this? Privet. Prevent defense? Pre- close. Privet. Privet. That uh, sounds like German. It's Russian. Russian. That's what I meant. You know how you say hot dog in Russian? Hot dog. Hot dog. <laughs> that has nothing to do with what we're talking about, but that's interesting though. Okay. How about this one? Ninhao. I'm going to say Chinese. Yeah. Right. Kanichiwa. Ooh, ooh, I've heard that one. I think it's Japanese. Oh, Joe. No, what? Honestly, how do you not have <laughs> like a different lady every night that you're going out with? You know, you floss every night. You clearly know five or six languages fluently. Who says I don't? Well, I've not seen it, but I'll believe you. <laughs> All right, here we go. A few more. Guten Tag. Ooh, Guten Tag. I feel like I've heard that one. Mm-hmm. I think that's German. That's German, yeah. yeah. A couple more. Annyeong. Ooh, this sounds like a tough one. Say, mm-hmm. say it again, please. Annyeong. Can you use it in a sentence? Annyeong, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Means hi. That's got to be Asian. Yeah. Um, Vietnamese. K- Korean. Oh, yeah. Korean. You're right there. You're right there. How how about this? Uh, namaste. Ooh, namaste. Mm, definitely have heard that one. Mm-hmm. It is... Hindi. 
Oh, okay. You're going to hear that in Indian country. I wouldn't have got that. Uh, Last one, Joe. Goddag. What? Goddag. (laughs) Think blonde hair, tall, good looking. Uh, Tall, blonde, good looking, (laughs) Joe. It's what's on your mind all the time. (laughs) In the Nordic Netherlands. Norwegian or Swedish. Oh, okay. Swedish. There you go. Goddag. (laughs) Goddag, Joe. All right, that's what I got. I had some National of those. Hello Day. How about that? Or National Hello World, Day. World Hello Day. We also have Have a Bad Day Day. You know, the day was really started to actually help people who were in customer service dealing with mm. exigent customers that were really trying to, you know, I mean, you've we've all been places or maybe you've been an exigent customer sometime at, at, a, at a store where you've just lost your cool. It's easier to lose your cool on the phone than it is in person, but it allows customer service reps to just have a bad day. You know, the customers are not doing well. So that's what the day was originally for. It's just kind of like, you know, you can have a bad day sometimes. And sometimes we do have bad days. And, we do. And that's okay. Don't dwell on it. Don't don't spread it to your friends and family members and coworkers because you're having a bad day. A lot of people do that, but they shouldn't do that. But you're allowed to just kind of have a bad day. Things don't go right, you know? You go to the dentist, they tell you you have a cavity because you're not flossing. <laughs> you're driving home, you hit a deer. I mean, it might just be a bad day. That would be a bad day. Yeah. <laughs> if you admit it, I think that almost helps you get in a better mood. Yeah. Right? If you acknowledge that things just aren't going right today, you tell that to the people around you and somehow they can support you. They can maybe, I don't know if commiserate's the right word, but they can tell you, you know, Stuff hasn't gone that well for me today either. And somehow it just helps maybe lift you up a little bit if you can just admit that. Yeah. So you can have a bad day. I think Mondays are typically bad days. I would say most heart attacks happen on Monday. Really? Oh, they boy. They do. I think we should not go to work on Mondays. Yeah, and they'd happen on Tuesday. It's <laughs> <laughs> probably true. Okay. <laughs> most heart attacks happen on a Monday. They do. Stress-related stuff, just all kinds of things happening. And yeah, just well, you're worked more than up, you can handle. got to do stress. Boom. Oh. You've been away from your boss for a couple days, and now you're back having to deal with his crazy stuff and his exigent actions. Right? What boss would that be? Not my boss. I love my boss. Okay. Just I love sure. my boss. Yeah, I love Some people's boss. bosses would cause them stress. That's what I meant to say. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Have a bad day. Well, you know what can get you out of a bad day sometimes? Listening to some music. Absolutely. I love listening to music. Can just lift your mood, Mm -hmm. elevate your spirit. Well, we have National Jukebox Day. Jukebox? Jukebox. What's a jukebox, Scott? Jukebox. Originally, it was started from juke houses or juke joints, which juke joints were places people would go hang out, drink a beer, listen to some music. And that was in the early 1900s. So what they did is when records started coming out, they invented a device that would then play records of music in a restaurant and diner, things like that. And people could go up and put coins in and play to have, hear, hear music while they were at their establishment. And to think that they were started with 45s. Kids right. don't know how fragile they are. You know, I mean, we've dealt with them and scratch a 45. And here's this machine that would grab it, pick it up, put it on a turntable. Uh, you know, the arm would swing over. It would, it would, you know, play it off a of vinyl, go back pick it up and put it back yeah, and it would yeah. never scratch it. And you're just like, that's just amazing to me that, that, that they invented something that could do that. Those are cool to watch like a, you know, on TV or something like that. That's pretty neat. Yeah. That, that's something I always wanted. Still don't have one, but the Wurlitzer jukeboxes, they're, they're really almost a work of art. They've got the lighting and they're just, they're shiny. It's this, it's this, it's a centerpiece. And mm-hmm. I think if you went in, into any diner in the forties, certainly the fifties and sixties, these were everywhere. And I think just the anticipation, the few that I've used, 
the anticipation of seeing that arm grab this thing and hearing the mechanics of it yeah. and then have it drop down and then the little bit of a little bit of static that plays before the song comes on. Oh, yeah. It's all part of the jukebox experience. Absolutely. And if anybody wants to send us a jukebox to use, we will happily oh, take it. I'd love it. You know, and then they changed in the 80s, 90s, I think. They still had these jukeboxes, but they were they had CDs in them, and they mm-hmm, looked yeah. more modern, and it just didn't work. Mm-hmm, I think sure. we lost the feel of what that was all about, and it just... And now it's all digital. Yeah, right. And do they even have that anymore? I've seen, I've seen a few places, a, like okay. bars and things. Yeah, Touch Tunes is actually the group that is at most oh, bars now. Okay. Well, I'll tell you, I know that there are some pretty iconic songs when you think about jukebox music. Sure. Right? And so I actually have uh, the top 10 most popular jukebox songs of all time. Really? Okay. I, I do. I do. And Joe, I know you are a music connoisseur. You play the sax, right? So <laughs> Used you, to. You know, once you play, you always play. It's like riding a bike, Joe. <laughs> so what we're going to do, we're going to go through a few of these. We're going to work our way up from number 10 to number one. Okay. Right? We're going to have you guess a few of these. We're going to see how good you are Ooh. at going back. And these are so, going to be mostly 1950s, okay. 1960s. Before, before your time. We do have one 1970s song. But we're going to start with this one, Joe. We're going to play a few notes. This is by The Temptations from 1964. Oh, okay. Tell me if you know this song, Joe. My girl. Oh, you got sunshine on a rainy day. My girl. He is unbelievable. Honestly, the ladies have just got to be swooning. (laughs) Joe, I'm swooning right now. My girl. It's unbelievable. My girl. Number nine, actually. We all know this one. I think this one gained a lot of popularity back in uh, during Risky Business. And this oh. would be, you remember Tom Cruise. Who? That's, that's your guy, Joe. That's your guy. Uh, old Time Rock and Roll by Bob Seger is number nine. So that's, again, kind of at the edge of jukebox. Sure. It's a know. good song. Yeah. It's, it Really, you don't think of that as like a classic, but that's ninth most popular jukebox. I would have got that one for sure you if would've. you asked it. Number eight is a 1956 song by Ooh. Fats Domino. Okay, I'm not going to this one. Tell me if you know it. Here we go, Scott. A Blueberry Hill? Yeah, baby, a Blueberry Hill. <laughs> I had no idea until they started singing. <laughs> there it is. There you go, Blueberry Hill, Fats Domino. That is... That is just an unbelievable talk about icons. There's a 1950s song for you. Number seven. Here we go, Joe. A 1967 song by The Doors. Here it comes, Joe. Oh, light, light my fire? Come on, baby, light my fire. So good. You are so good. I had no that, idea, though, until you got to that moment, though. Number seven. Number six is a, is a great song. Once you hear it, it's a little, uh, it's a, almost a little addictive, right? Number six is Mac the Knife by Bobby Darren, 1959. You know that song, nope. Joe? Can yeah, you sing you it for me? Know. Oh, the shark, babe. Baby shark. Has such teeth, dear. And it shows them pearly white. Yep, never heard of that. Just a jackknife has old McHeath, babe. 
and it keeps it out of sight. Does that sound familiar? Nope. <laughs> My rendition, probably not. That's a good song. I may have heard it. It's actually about a London serial killer. Oh, that's Can you nice. believe that? And was almost, it was a little, uh, they were kind of iffy if we, they should actually release that song because wow. of the material. But Bobby Darren made that a big hit in 1959. All right, number five. Marvin Gaye, 1967, made this song popular. And this almost became a part of American pop culture because of an ad campaign. Here we go. Heard it through the grapevine. So good. Remember where this was from? What ad campaign? Oh, Joe? yeah, it was the California grapes. Or raisins, right. I should say. Raisins. We're eating raisins. That's yeah. right. I'm not a big fan of raisins. Do you like raisins? Oh, yeah. I, I'd have uh, a raisin. Absolutely. Some people put them in stuffing, don't they? Oh, that, that is a way to ruin good stuffing. Joe just went exigent on us right there when you said <laughs> raisins and stuffing. Just exigent. All right. Number four is Sitting on the Dock of the Bay by Otis Redding, 1967. You know that song. Sing it for me. Sitting in the morning sun. I'll be sitting till the evening comes. That sounds kind of familiar. Watching the ships roll in. You would know it if you heard and it. And I'll watch them roll okay. away again. Sitting on the dock <laughs> of the bay. You really do a good job. You should karaoke. There we go. Touch tunes, baby, all the way. Okay, here we go, Joe. You're on. Bill Haley in the Comets. Okay. Put out a hit in 1954 that is now the third most popular jukebox song of all time. Really? Finish it up okay. here, Joe. Sing it for me. Two. One, two, three, oh, yeah. Keep going, Joe. This is you. Rock around the clock tonight. Gonna rock around the clock tonight. That just says 1950s, right? That's great. Happy That's days all the, all the way. Oh, yeah. Yep. All right. Number, I, number two, Joe. Number two number is... Two. What do you, you have a guess on what number two might be? Absolutely not. No idea. You wouldn't guess this in a million years. It's a great song, more of a love song. You can see a slow dancing kind of song in these 1950s, 60s diners. Crazy by Crazy. Patsy Crazy. And Joe knows that song. Is that it? That's it. Oh, that's the only that's part it. I know. <laughs> Joe, what's the most popular song? Number one, 19, say 1956. 1956. I'm going to say... Uh, when you, even, when you think of the 50s. Give me, a, give me a band name. There's no There's band. No band. It no is band? an individual. Okay, give me an individual. Oh, come on. No. Who is the iconic individual of the Elvis 50s? Presley. Elvis okay. Presley. Okay, okay. Elvis Presley. So it's got to be... Early Elvis. Here we go. You ain't nothing but oh, okay. You ain't nothing but a hound dog. There you go. That's number one. Number one. And actually, really, I there's, guessed that. there's a one and one A. Because that was the A side of that 45. On the B side was Don't Be Cruel. Don't so be those, cruel. So those were actually one and one A. Okay. So Elvis, yeah, again, wow. as iconic as anybody could be. Some made, people really love Elvis. I never got into it. Of course, that was before my time, but. I'm an Elvis guy. Yeah. Did you oh, see him in the concert back in the 50s? Never. You know what? <laughs> Sometimes you go a little too far, Joe. You cross a line. I do listen. I watch Elvis now. I love watching his concerts. He's still alive. He, yeah, he lives in Kalamazoo. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love Elvis. Do you love Elvis? Are you? You listen to his stuff? Uh, if it's on, I listen to it for sure. Okay, but you're not seeking it out. I, I'm not, but he was an icon. I mean, oh. you know, the the sad part is some of those guys that are just really geniuses, or you know, on the cutting edge of the music, and they're you know these icons. 
they get sucked into, I think the fame and I think the the pressure of it, it really takes a toll. And you just see so many yeah. flame out too, far too young. The movie he, uh, he died far too young. The movie uh, Walk the Line, I thought, was pretty interesting. I don't know how true. I think, I mean, I don't know if it was true or not as far as most of that stuff, but it seemed like it was. And so I thought it was very interesting to see that uh, journey. I'm sorry to end on that note. That's kind of <laughs> a bummer. There's music in our souls, Scott. There is music in our souls. But it's fun to just reminisce the nostalgia of the jukebox. So here's something that's kind of nostalgic as well. 1995. This week, Ooh. 1995. Toy Story. Oh, yeah. Hits the theaters. That was in 1995. 1995. That does make me feel old. Yeah, you are old, Joel. <laughs> don't beat you up about it, but you are old. Almost 30 years. Yeah. yeah. Wow. 1995 came out, revolutionized animation. It was a Disney Pixar movie. So I have a few nostalgic things about it that I was going to share. Ooh. Did you know Sid Phillips, who is the gentleman mm-hmm. who creates all the different things, actually inspired by an employee of Pixar? Really? He used to take toys when he was young, and it wasn't Sid Phillips. His last name was Phillips, but they had a different name. They just, you know, changed it. But he used to build bizarre these bizarre creations, and they kind of used that That's concept great. to is did he then did he then blow them up with firecrackers and fireworks and stuff? I think yeah. We, well, I don't know about that, but he we, just made these weird things. We all knew somebody that was Sid like, right? Oh yeah, kid that was a little loose, you know. And you're like, eh, this kid, I don't know, man, if he's going to turn out quite right. Chris but was that kid. I can, re- yeah. If you don't, if you didn't have that kid, look in the mirror. It probably was you when you were growing up, right? <laughs> Did you know Barbie was actually cast to be Woody's girlfriend in Toy Story? Really? Yep. But Mattel said no, okay, because they didn't want little girls to see Barbie in a role, so they said no. <laughs> so they did Bo Peep. But after the movie happened and they saw what success it was, they were like, uh-oh, maybe we should do something, which is why in Toy Story 2, you have Barbie in yeah, Toy Story right. 2. They there said, well, we'll, yeah. we'll cast her in a role, and that's when she's in this toy store and stuff like Interesting. that. So, yep. Did you know the toolbox on top of the milk crate that Woody is trapped in, in the truck, right, is a Binford, which is the oh, same tool brand that right. Tim Allen used on the show? I forgot yeah. about that. I, did, yeah. I do remember that. I've never cool. heard that. I got to watch that now. That's cool. Yeah. That is cool. A couple other things here. There's some. There's so many. There's so many fun things here. Originally, they wanted to have Jim Carrey and Paul Newman. Jim Carrey be Buzz Lightyear, and Paul Newman voice Woody. That's who they hmm. wanted to originally do it because they wanted New Hollywood, Old Hollywood back in 1995. Hmm. Oh sure. And that would have been, you know, Paul Newman would have been old, and Jim Carrey would have been new. But it didn't work out that way, and because the budget, they couldn't afford them. The really? budget for Toy Story was too small. They couldn't afford them. So they then went to... Tom Hanks? No. They then went... Yeah. To Mallory. They went. They did ask Tom Hanks to do... Sorry. No, they did ask Tom Hanks to do Woody, but they asked Billy Crystal to do Buzz. Hmm. And Billy Crystal thought it would be demeaning to his career <laughs> and wouldn't do it. So he didn't do it. And then they asked Tim Allen to do it. Wow. You know, the thing with Toy Story that... I think made that work for me that the storytelling was fantastic. It was just a great, great story that happened to be an animated movie. Yep. But then the thing that made me feel somewhat nostalgic is it was, it was awesome how they took Woody, they took Buzz who are made up characters and they put them into this real bedroom. They put them into Andy's room that had army men that we knew growing up, right? They, uh, they had, uh, the, the barrel of monkeys, mm-hmm. right? There was this telephone that I remember seeing, yep. uh, you kind of pulled it around yep. on a string. I had one of those. They had the, the monkey 
that was banging the symbols. That mm-hmm. was a real toy. The dog, Slinky Dog. Slinky mm-hmm. Dog, Uh-oh. Mr. and Mrs. Potato oh, Head, yeah. Yeah. right? They took all of these, and for girls, they had Barbie. You had these real toys, and it made it feel like Buzz, Woody, and Jesse, and all the other made-up toys were part of that world. It made it seem real. So I think that's what kind of some of the magic of Toy Story really was. There was so much that was pulled in from other things that are just little hints and clues. One of the other ones was Mr. Potato Head. You know, he said, what are you looking at? Yeah, hockey puck, which was Don Rickles' catchphrase. And so they, they just incorporated cool. so many things into the movie that were just little, little innuendos. And, you know, Steve Jobs, when he first saw the movie, wanted to get rid of Pixar because he thought it was just, no, it's not going to work. But then as he continued to watch the progression of it, he started getting more and more excited. And it was like, wow, this is going to be neat. And Pixar, you know. Pixar has done a great job with all their movies. And it's interesting, I think, that all their, I believe, all their movies are technically in the same universe. So each each movie kind of has a little Easter egg, if you want to call it, related to other movies. Dinoco is in Toy Story. Yeah. But Dinoco is who... Uh, McQueen, right? Lightning right, McQueen right. wants to race right. for is Dynaco. Yes. Yep, all connected. It's all connected. That universe is just all it's pretty connected. cool. It's cool. So, Toy Story, almost 30 years ago. Who needs the Marvel universe when you got the Pixar universe? There That's we right. Go. You got your quote? Got my quote. Okay, so here's the quote, guys. For the past 33 years, I have looked in the mirror every morning and asked myself if today were the last day of my life, would I want to do what I'm about to do today? And whenever the answer has been no, for too many days in a row, I know I need to change something. It's a long quote. I apologize. It's good. But you have to, it's, a, it's one to make you think, right? It's one to make you think. So I'll read it to you again. For the past 33 years, I have looked in the mirror every morning and asked myself, if today were the last day of my life, would I want to do what I'm about to do today? And whenever the answer has been no for too many days in a row, I know I need to change something. That's a great quote. I don't know who said it, but it's a great quote. He said it when he was 33. Well, don't could you think? Be. No, or, I think he might be a little bit older when he said it. But, but he's realized the last 33 years, that's what he needs to say. So to he's an, enter- he's an entertainer. Her. He originally wanted to be a Buddhist monk before he started his business and even traveled to India for seven months to study Buddhism. Namaste. Nihao. Oh, namaste. Not, namaste. <laughs> Shoot. <laughs> yeah, namaste. I was going to say Jim Carrey right away, but I don't think that's Jim Carrey. That's my guess. It's not Jim Carrey. It's not Paul Newman, Joe, so you got to wide open. (laughs) Here's another clue. This might help you. There is a nearly seven foot tall bronze statue of this person in Budapest. How do you say hello in Hungary? No, I know how you say hot dog in Russia. Hoot dog. Am I going to know who this person is? Yes, you will. Hoot dog. Hmm. Is he he American? He is American. Why would he be in Hungary? I know. And why? There's a nearly seven foot tall bronze statue this person in the city of Budapest. Let me give you another one. In 1986, he funded a company called The Graphics Group. You want to give you one more clue, Joe, or you want to make a guess? I don't have any good guesses, so. Okay. No, let's go back. Joe has no guesses. <laughs> Not good guesses. Just no guesses. Joe apparently has got something going on. Joe's flossing right now. Joe's got a date to go on. He's got somebody that just called in speaking another language. So anyway, what's the next guess? He is buried in an unmarked grave in Alta Mesa Memorial Park, along with his adoptive parents. You're th- you think that's going to give it away? <laughs> Alta Mesa. I, I moved. The, I moved the number. Oh, I okay. moved these real quick. That's the last one. It's going to be a smart thing. That was, I have no idea. But let me guess. Yeah. I'm going to say so um, he's, he's passed away. Wow, that's sad. 
who's who's a Hindu? Who's adopted? An adopted Hindu. Who has a statue in his honor in Hungary, and he funded a company called Graphics Group. He has over 300 patents to his name, so he's a smart guy. I have no idea, Scott. Wait, wait. It's going to... Go ahead. He, he would only wear Levi's jeans and is rumored to have around 100 pairs of them. His style Brett was Favre. Levi's jeans, black turtlenecks, and sneakers. What? Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs. Oh, he, oh. I figured you'd get that one. That's why I changed it. So, yeah. Black shirts, <laughs> je- Levi jeans, yeah. and sneakers. That was his uniform. So you'd always see it. He had 100 pairs of Levi's. And so, huh. yeah. Well, the black turtleneck did it for me. Black Out of turtleneck. all those things, that, which is so crazy, right? right? That a piece of clothing would be the thing that would tip it off. Yeah. He's got a statue in Hungary. Correct. Wow, that's... That definitely what threw me. The well, Hindu, was, Buddhist thing, the Hungry thing, it's all threw me. Because I was thinking maybe a Steve Jobs kind of thing, but I obviously didn't say it, so... That's fine. That's good. So the 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 statue in Hungary is to commemorate him for him his support of a company called Graphisoft, which is a Hungarian software company, and he supported them during communist rule of Hungary and tried to help them grow, and so they put a statue in his honor. At the time of his death, his net worth was $10 billion, a little over $10 billion, most of which was actually from his stock in Disney as opposed to his stock in Apple. Really? Mm-hmm, because he invested in, in Graphics Group, which became Pixar, right. and then it was spun off out of Disney, had a huge hit. Disney bought it back, and they just converted Pixar shares into Disney shares. Listen, how big of an idiot am I, and you too, for that matter? <laughs> He just got done talking about Steve Jobs know, just right? seconds before the quote, and we just like completely dismissed that. The you know Hindu I, thing threw me off. That that did it. There you know a little bit more about Steve Jobs for the and and I think it's a question. I think we all if we all asked it, I mean it would make us have to make some tough choices at times, but it's a good question to ask. You know, if if today were my last day, would I want to do what I'm about to do today? You know, I would. I would want to come here and record a podcast with you guys. You know what? I would too, Joe. Well, guys, that's an episode. So, folks, thanks for listening. Remember to be curious, be bold, and be yourself. We'll be back in a week. Are you a flosser, Joe? I floss daily. Yeah. I think think we talked about that already, didn't we? Yeah, Yeah, it seems familiar. (laughs) (laughs) Just wanted to make sure you weren't lying to me. You know, floss. I don't floss. No. Yeah. Yeah. Floss Shows have... I wasn't paying attention to what you said, Joe. No. <laughs> there was a pretty monumentous incident. Monumentous? No. Momentous. Momentous. <laughs> Sorry. I can butcher the Mo- language with, like anybody monumental. else. Monumental. Momentous. Momentous.